Hello and welcome again to another episode of Five Playing Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Native American artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Native American programs of the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Native American communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Deidre Zephyr. She's a citizen of the three affiliate tribe of North Dakota, and she was born and raised in North Dakota. Uh, she's also the first Native American who graduated from the North Dakota State College of Sciences Culinary Arts Program. There, she has worked for nearly a decade as a chef in the Fargo-Moorhead area. So, let's jump into this interview with Deidre. Deidre, hi. Welcome to Five Plain Questions. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of an introduction here, um, and we'll we'll have you do your introduction, and, and we'll start with with you in a second. Uh, but uh, this last week, um, you worked with us here at the Plains Art Museum. We did a cooking demonstration on video, which is uh, still being uh, put together right now, and that's sort of how this this uh, episode of the podcast is coming together through conversations we're having uh, during that demonstration. Um, it was a lot of fun. The food was amazing, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But yeah, um, Dieter, if you could uh, introduce yourself, uh, talk about uh, where you're from and your background. Well, my name is Deidre Zephyr, and I am originally from Beulah, North Dakota. Um, I was raised there. I am three affiliated tribes. That is the tribe that I'm enrolled with. Um, I <clears throat> was raised with a white family, um, Bruce and Sandy, up until I was 13. And I had the opportunity to go live with my biological mother <clears throat> at 13. And so that's kind of that's how the story starts. Um, I was raised in, uh, I believe, German Norwegian home. Um, I had two brothers, and it was it was good. Um, I I definitely had the other side, I guess, as someone to call it, of living not in poverty. My dad worked. My mom stayed at home, took care of us she canned and she took care of her garden <clears throat> she basically raised her family um and it was it was different and all growing up i knew that i obviously was different um and so that kind of brings us to um right around 13 i believe i moved back with my real mom and her name is terry um and that was kind of where um i got the first experience of you know, going to the powwows and um, learning about Native American belief and, you know, that aspect of things. Because being younger, I knew that I was Native American. However, I just didn't, um, didn't know the different things that were involved and respect was a big one. Um, and so that, that being said, it was definitely almost a culture shock. Um, you know, I didn't know what food stamps were. I didn't know, you know, the struggle 
that I had when I was 13. We lived in a little two-bedroom apartment, um, my siblings and I and my parents. Um, and so it was just, it was just, it was eye-opener. Like, you know, I wasn't too, too young. I was young enough, but I knew that when I had my own family that I would want what I didn't want to have to struggle for. <clears throat> so that's kind of, kind of where we, we are, I guess. <clears throat> um, I do have a brother and a sister from my biological mom. And I don't know, I just, I kind of, <clears throat> I kind of, I guess it shaped me as the person I am today, as far as decisions and stuff. I have, uh, I've been on my own since I was right around 17, I think. Um, I went to Job Corps and I got a trade in painting and um, and it, I, I was working when I was, I believe, 14 at an elderly, elderly um, facility and I just remember being, I think they called it a candy scraper and I would go around to the residents' rooms and I would hang up like their calendars and I would get them water and I was like 15, I think, when that started. And so that kind of got, kind of gave me my, you know, first taste of, you know, you got to work. Yeah. You work for what you, you, you know, you earn, I guess. Um, and so that's kind of, I don't know, I, I don't, it's kind of where, where I'm at, I, I guess. I think uh, a big reason, main reason, uh, of course, uh, we've recently have reconnected um is your profession of um being a chef uh going to school uh for that um can you talk a little bit about the the decisions that came into play for you to pursue that so well that kind of goes along with the influence part my biggest influences were my mom sandy and then my mom terry lynn and Sandy, she, we had a garden. Oh, we had a garden. And it was so big. And I remember from the time being just small. And she, she had like cucumbers and peas and carrots. And then my uncle Dwayne had a farm outside of Vila. And he had corn and pumpkins out there. And she would do this gardening. And she would like, you know, obviously harvest it or pick it you know, when it was time and then she would can and she would make salsas and sauces and pickles and she would bake. And for holidays, she would bake cookies. And I remember her freezer being full of like baked goods. And so that she, it was just one of them things. And it was just, I remember always being just amazing. And I remember on the first times ever, my, my memories with her being in the kitchen is that I remember I w we were making like cookies and the baking soda and baking powder are not the same and I put baking powder in there <laughs> and it was like you know like three teaspoons and I put three of the opposite one and the cookies were horrible and she was like oh it's okay you know we'll make them again and so she really influenced me as far as she home-cooked meals and stuff and so that was like you know, that's, that really played a part on me. And then my mom, Terry Lynn, she could just make like 
her dumplings were amazing. Her dumplings are like clouds from the heavens and they are so soft and she never had any recipes. And, you know, I used to watch her in the kitchen and I would be her biggest critic in there. And she would be dumping like potato flakes and olive oil and these biscuits would come out, you know, and I remember looking at the ball like, yuck, I'm not going to eat it. And she's like, I'm going to make you eat your words. And sure enough, <laughs> the biscuits were delicious, you know, the buns that she's making. And so she played a big part. And so that, you know, I was 20, <clears throat> I was 24 when I signed up for college. So I was a non-traditional student and I don't like paperwork and cooking has kind of always been my thing. I really liked Rachel Ray to a point. And I like to talk. And I'm, I like to talk about what I'm cooking. And I like to describe food. I'm not, like, great at it. But I like to say, you know, this beautiful toasted toast with melted butter. Or, you know, and just use describing. It's just one of my things. And so it took me three years at NDSES to go to school. And I have children. And my daughter was six months old and my son was probably one, no, one and a half when I started. And so I went to school. They were in daycare for the first year and they knew that I had kids. So the first year was just all generals. And then the second and third year were just culinary, culinary classes. And so I, with the support, um, went through school and finished at NDSES um, and I was the first Native American to graduate from there so I I kind of am I'm proud of that because for whatever reasons you know I made the cut and I was devoted to school I did I was on the presidential honors roll um, for two semesters and it was just it's really great it was really good um, definitely good it's really so. impressive I I, had, I didn't know that you were the first uh native to graduate from NDSES, uh, the, the, the culinary arts school. Uh, that's really impressive. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So it's, it's, and I, I was, and I, I mean, I still, I remind myself that you are the first Native American to graduate from oh, the school. Wonderful. It's, it's a great, it's great. It's a great so thing. how have you developed thing. your career, uh, both, uh, college and post-college? So that brings us back to, that brings us back to the algorithm. Um, I, before I even graduated from school, I accepted a position at an elderly, a nursing home in Breckenridge. And I was fresh out of college. And uh, I mean, running a kitchen doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, when you consider in the budget, you know, you have X, XYZ amount of dollars to feed a resident every day. Um, you have to take that into consideration and just the planning. Um, and so I was fresh out of college. Um, I do, I did have food service experience before, but nothing on the scale. And um, I just, I kind of found my nook in it. And, you know, I, considering I don't, I, I have one, two grandparents alive right now. Um, it was just a respect thing and um, the stories and stuff that they that they have to tell and to share is, you know, it's pretty, 
it's pretty good, especially, you know, when you get them talking, you know, you find out what they like and what they like to eat and um, what they don't like, because mm-hmm. they're pretty loud about what they don't like. But once you, once you get into it, if you don't hear anything, <laughs> usually it's okay. <laughs> so definitely. And that's, and you know, and I'm, I'm there, you know, I'm in their home and, you know, if they mm. say jump, I'm usually how high, you know, just because they are elderly and, you know, so. So how, how do you seek opportunities? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really know how to describe that. I don't know opportunities. I, I was thinking about this today and I'm like, you know, I, the recent opportunity I had was I worked at a care facility here and I, I'm not going to say any names, but I worked at a care facility, probably a good 17 minute drive from my apartment. And there is a care facility across the street from my apartment. And so the opportunity arose where, you know, there's a possibility of getting in across the street. So I jumped on it just for the simple fact that I don't have to drive. I don't have to warm up my car. Um, winter's coming. Um, so there's, you know, I, I don't want to say convenience, um, but I am, you know, home more. I'm not driving 100 miles every week. And having to leave so early, so <laughs> yeah, Is uh, that what you, you mean? know. Um, <laughs> so how <laughs> earlier this year um, we were putting together uh, some programming, and uh, your name was included along with uh, two or three other names of indigenous chefs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, how you sort of got linked up into those conversations? That would be um, my uh, my inst- my instructor Car- Kyle Armitage at um, NGSDS had my contact information, and I believe Sandy reached out to him and asked if there was anybody that was currently in school. And Sandy is our um, development you know, director the here at the Plains Art Museum. As for the listeners, sorry. Yeah, and so then. I just email. I mean, I answered the email, and um, I was a little nervous about getting into it because I know the other gentleman that was a chef from I think Red Lake. Uh, he he has his stuff is. I mean, he has a lot on his. I think his Instagram that was on, and just does amazing thing with food. And me, I'm over here just barely learning how to cook walleye. So I mean, the opportunity to cook alongside of him would have been amazing i was really looking forward to it so mm. but you know covid 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 um yeah. yeah has its grip on everything these days so how long have you been uh cooking professionally now seven years. seven Seven years. What? Yeah. What about your seven years? And is 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 cooking in a is cooking in a, a you know a retirement home? Oh, is that so. is that professionally cooking? I would say so. I think when <laughs> that sounds fancy. I mean, say I just got promote, promoted. <laughs> well. 
I look back, I look back when I worked at first out of college, um, I had to wear a chef jacket in the, the facility, the second facility I worked at, I had to wear a chef jacket and the one I'm currently at now, I don't have to wear a chef jacket. And I always used to think that they were VIPs because they had me walking around in a white chef jacket and I, I just felt just privileged. <laughs> something so simple and i'm like i just barely well, graduated uh, you guys know I, this I, I can testify that brand new doctors <laughs> wear white coats and they're still doctors you know what i'm saying like uh you know you've completed the program you are a chef whether it's day one or yeah. it's year 80 you know so i think it's a well-earned it's a well-earned status for sure um in the not just the seven years, but then also the three, you know, your journey to becoming a chef and what you do. Uh, what have you learned about yourself along the way? Okay, perfect. Um, oh, that I really like coffee. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I have learned a lot that to take life as it comes, there's no, there's going to be, things that are not planned for. Um, I look at my experiences in the kitchen where something doesn't come in, where it's the wrong product and you can't sit and cry over it. You, you got to make it work. You, you know, and I kind of take that with, you know, my children, you know, there's days where our room isn't picked up and is it going to affect me a week from now? No. Is it going to affect me a year from now? No. And teaching moments with them um, and just, you know, adapting and overcoming situations and making the best of them and not to ponder on them because mm. people are miserable when they ponder on things, you know? Definitely. <laughs> it begins with <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually... I, I am too, actually. Mm. <laughs> I'm sitting here drinking a cup right now. Uh, so, <laughs> what, would, what advice would you give a 18 year old or a 22 year old uh, starting out? I guess who's looking to, to maybe wanting to be a chef. So, uh, one of the biggest shockers when I first went into school was that between my first and second year. I, you have to do an internship and I did mine, but that is when I realized the hours of a chef and my view of chef and your view of chef, everybody's view of chef is different, but the busy hours of a restaurant, any restaurant are from 11 to seven, sometimes later, depending. And I, I don't think I would have changed my career. Maybe, I don't, I don't know but is the hours to, to consider that when you're, you know, picking out your career or, you know, and the amount of, you know, I, I looked at paperwork. Paperwork is another one. Um, if you like to do it, if you don't like to do it, but the hours was a big one because, you know, I'm, my kids are very young at the time and being gone from 11 to seven, that's supper time. You know, that's kind of our time to hang out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest things is the time, um, you know, and if you 
do have a family that's you know my kids were little um and I didn't you know I I was good it's for the benefit um they're definitely benefiting from me going to school now um not so much when they were little but they you know um that would be one of the biggest things and to not give up um not giving up is a big one because <clears throat> there was another Native American um in school with me and you know I don't know what happened to him <laughs> he was great mm -hmm. and then he just kind of vanished and I don't know if there was you know situation around that or whatever but um it's just too bad because you know I'm sure he would have, you know, done well. Um, yeah, just mm -hmm. keep on keeping on. <clears throat> I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, I found in my experience that, you know, I think the, the ones who may have potentially been the best at what they do or what we do, uh, sort of vanish or disappear. Right. Yeah. Um, it was the same in art school. Uh, there was a there was a guy that I was in school with, and he was amazing, the best draftsman. Um, and you know, he he was a friend, and so I wasn't jealous, but you know, I was envious of his abilities. Um, but he didn't have that discipline, and he was gone after I think a year or so. And what you find are the ones who maybe aren't maybe the top tier or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. The, the ones who are successful are the ones that keep showing up, who put the time in and stay focused on what they want to do. You know, mm -hmm. maybe it's resiliency or, or whatever the word is. Uh, but I think, I think that might be part of that success is someone who, is, um, who just keeps showing back up and keep putting the time and working and staying focused on what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, <clears throat> and I have goals and stuff. I, like, I, I'm comfortable where I'm at now. I mean, I said earlier that I had an apartment, but I do want to own my own home someday, but I just don't know where, you know, and I like the weather in North Dakota during the summer. <laughs> and, you know, I have, goal I really, <laughs> I really want a food truck, um, you know, and I, and it goes back again to the hours because, you know, you're, you're like a two man and you got to have a great second man, you know, for whoever you're running a food truck with. But that's like, mm -hmm. that's like a lot of work. And, and I know that now, you know, and someday I want to go and, you know, have this food truck and go to like the Powell highways and stuff, but I can't, you know, I am not yet. I'm not, not yet. I'm not old enough. <laughs> Because, yeah, them powers. I, and well, like I said, I I never, when I was 12, 13 was the first time I ever went to a powwow. And it was, it was just amazing, like the dancers and stuff. And I didn't have that growing up. And so, you know, it goes back to the culture shock because, you know, I was raised in a white family. And, you know, I'm able to sit there and watch the dancers. And I don't have any rhythm to dance, you know. And it's just like, it was, it's pretty incredible, you know. I have that. I have a lot of respect for Powell's. It's just, it's pretty, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Well, one of the, the major reasons of going to a powwow uh, is the food. 
Yeah, I know. And that my favorite, oh, Wojabi, my grandpa and I, we were up, when was it? It was probably like three years ago. We were back home and I, we got Wojabi and fry bread and I, I mean, I know how to make it. It's probably not the best or the same that you get in, you know, on the Powell Highway, but that Wojabi and fry bread, and you just take the little bits and you just kind of dunk them in there and, oh yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, yep. Oh, great. Now I'm trying to figure out where I can get some more shopping. <laughs> I have blueberries in my freezer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think they use June berries or blackberries. I, I'm not sure what they use, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there anything, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? with with those who are who are listening today uh thanks for listening (laughs) (laughs) no i really i really don't have anything else i no i don't deidre thank you so much for this this was this was wonderful yeah you're welcome thanks for having me and that does it for this episode of five plain questions i want to thank deidre again for her time and sharing her story with us um like I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, we we worked last week uh, putting together a program, uh, a video demonstration of a meal that she had prepared for us. And so we were uh, at a location here in town called uh, Fabricators Unlimited, and they allowed us to use their kitchen space. It was a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, and so, yeah, we set up our lights and our sound system and we recorded uh, what feels like a very real uh, cooking TV show. So uh, we put that together, uh, we filmed that, currently we're editing, and we are currently dealing with some delays um, because of uh, some COVID concerns and some things that are going on in the background, Uh, but that's okay. Uh, We want to make sure that we're putting together a high-quality program for you to view, and when that's ready, that will be on our plainsart.org website, and I'll talk more about that uh, when that becomes available. So I just wanted to thank Dieter again for all the time that she's put into the programming in the last couple of weeks. It's been super appreciated and we look forward to the next project that we work together more importantly i want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what i feel is a very important story and perspective from our community so please uh, we look forward to seeing you next week with another incredible person i'm joe williams you can find me on canna that's c-a-n-a-a creativity among native american artists on facebook or at the plainsart.org and there you can see all the programming our past videos and these podcasts and just a reminder, uh, it's late 2020, so we still have the Vanishing Perspective up, which is um, an exhibition that contrasts the vanishing race narrated by Edward Curtis by the vibrant um, articles and clothing that we have um, from that same time period. So I invite you to come and check that out, and um, it's, it'll be up through January 2021. So if you have a suggestion for someone for me to interview, please look us up on Facebook and message me. I'd really love to hear from you. So please... Take care, be safe, wear a mask, watch out for your family and elders. It's very important. Um, And stay safe. All right, we'll see you next week.